Welcome to One More Thing Before You Go. In this episode, we're going to learn what it feels like to lose your brother to suicide and how to take that negativity and turn it into a positive approach to loss and grief, as well as how to be inspired to live life to the fullest when we talk to an individual who is a brother, a son, a father, and a husband. He's an entrepreneur and a successful businessman who, along with his wife, created an opportunity to remind ourselves every day that we are important and that you are a value to society. Get ready to be inspired and motivated. I'm your host, Michael Hurst, and this is The Thing About My Brother, Suicide, and Positive Change. My guest today is Ricardo Zulueta. He is the founder of the inspirational brand, Fukit Apparel, which is an apparel brand with the mission to inspire and motivate people to live life without regret and accept challenges worth the risk. He and his wife also founded and run a nonprofit foundation for mental health and suicide called Start Day One. He has a personal journey that contributes to his motivation for bettering people's lives, and I'm looking forward to our conversation today. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Michael. It's a pleasure. I said a little bit about you, but can you share a little bit more, maybe, about you and your background? Yeah, yeah, of course. So I actually came from the Philippines. I got here when I was about 10 years old. Um, been kind of, I actually have an educational background in finance, graduating with that. So I was a financial analyst for about 10, 15 years or so. And then um, after that, uh, actually after three layoffs from three different companies, I decided like, you know what, <laughs> let me start going full time on something else. It looks like it's not as secure as I thought on this side. <laughs> so um, I actually met my wife then and we both decided like, hey, why don't you give it a try and go all out? So that's when we came up with Fugit Clothing and been doing that. And then after that, like you mentioned, uh, we learned a couple of things and went to, to start day one. So I'm just a serial uh, entrepreneur trying to solve problems. Well, tell me about Phuket clothing. Yeah, so the way we explain it, um, everyone knows to live life to the fullest, right? Um, everyone, everyone knows this. But the problem is that it's actually impossible. It's human nature to take life for granted. That's why we complain on Mondays, traffic, weather, stuff like that. I mean, this is all the time. You know Monday's coming, but you still complain about it, right? So what you really need are reminders, um, like someone passing away someone getting into an accident, cancer, all of a sudden you appreciate life more. Not because someone told you to, you got reminded to. But it's temporary. It always fades. So the brand I'm hoping reminds you more often every time you wear it, it tells you stop complaining and live life more. I lost my brother to suicide. And one of the biggest things that I've learned from that was that whenever anyone, including myself, you get depressed, it's not because of your situation. It is your perspective. That's why rock stars commit suicide, while the homeless are struggling to stay alive. So perspective is what we really need to change. The way we do that with the brand, even though it's pronounced Fuket, when you look at it, it actually persuades you to say fuck it more, even though it's spelled F-U-K-I-T-T, right? So the reason we want that, you're, everyone is already exposed to motivational stuff every day whether you go on Facebook for videos, Instagram quotes, even Nike, just do it commercials. They're all meaningless unless you make a decision about something. Nothing happens without a decision. And that phrase, fuck it, is something we only say only until after we've already made a decision. 
the reason we say it is we're confirming to ourselves. You never say that phrase for someone. It's something internal that you say to yourself to confirm that you're actually going to follow through and commit to the decision you just made. You don't say that phrase playing poker and say, fuck it, I'm all in, and then back out. Or skydiving and saying it and then not jumping out. So it's a very powerful mindset. Uh, that's what makes you quit the job you hate. That is what makes you start your own business or let go of bad relationships. And without a decision, nothing happens. But once you do, everything follows automatically. That's amazing. Uh, that's a great analogy, the way that you pieced all that together. I agree with you. People don't take the time to, they react without thinking. And then sometimes it just kind of, yeah, know, it's kind of, it's, it's, it's a mindset. Definitely. And it's funny because people have mentioned like, oh, it's like, just do it. And I'm like, not at all. Just do it means you do not think about the consequences. Just do it. That's dangerous. That have put people in bad situations. The phrase fuck it is something you say knowing what the consequences are. But like you said, the, the mission to let go, uh, to live life without regret. Are you going to regret if you don't do it and then accept challenges that are worth the risk. Is it worth it? That's when you say it. This works. Yeah. <laughs> so when you tell me about how you lost your brother, mate, can we yeah, talk about yeah. that? Mm -hmm. I mean, I, as we still put right before we started the interview, uh, you know, I told you I can empathize with you because I yeah. can relate to you on another perspective. Yeah. Um, I've lost people to the same thing, to suicide, PTSD suicide. Yeah. So tell me about your experience. Yeah. So I was about, I think I was like around 21 years old. He was 28. And what's funny is I have other brothers too. So there was total six of us, one little sister, five brothers, or four brothers, one little sister. And, you know, we kind of knew where it was coming from. My parents just weren't doing the right things. They were fighting a lot. So as siblings, we kind of knew why. But either way, it's always a surprise, right? Um, you know, he just kind of pulled off. Like I said, it was just really his perspective. He didn't think he was going to amount to anything. And, you know, my dad wasn't so good at giving positive reinforcement. He was awesome at negative reinforcement. Obviously it doesn't work. And that's, but that's what he knew. I can't blame him for that because he grew up that way. He was taught that way. And when you have a better understanding, that's kind of what you get. But I was one of the last people that actually saw my brother. And, um, you know, he, he was pretending he was going somewhere and he actually shaved his head. That's one of the biggest kind of signs when people somehow, I don't know what it is about shaving people, your own head before you do something like that. Um, you even see it in movies, you know, how they get all crazy and that they shave their head. It's, it's just something. I don't know what it is. But anyway, he came over. He's just asked me, to, you know, I, hey, I need some dress socks. He was in a suit great nice shoes and all that and he's like oh i'm meeting some girls and stuff like that and then um you know i gave him the socks and stuff like hey here uh, you can drive my you know jeep you know while i'm gone or whatever but almost like his way of giving me the truck you know and then that was the last time i saw him and then i heard about it. i was actually at work i was just in a retail store working at 21 and that's when i found out about it i was like oh my god like no way but so, it, I mean, it sucks. Like, you, you just kind of think like, oh, and especially afterwards when you're going like, oh, 
so many more opportunities you could have done. He was a photographer, like, oh, with Instagram today, you would have been, you know, there's so, so yeah, so it sucks. <laughs> it does. I mean, in, yeah. in reality, and, and, you know, I like to share this with everybody, and I'm sure you agree with me. It's, I like the, what you said earlier about being his perspective. Yeah. Because each individual within that realm at that time, it's their perspective of the situation mm-hmm. and how they exactly. feel about it. Um, I think that um, the thing about the shaving the head and making drastic changes, I think to them it's a, this way you don't think it's me. I, I have changed my appearance. I've changed the way I manage so that when you remember me, you remember the good part, not this part, mm. is what I've heard. Getting out of it. Oh, okay. It's kind of a, you see the old me, you don't see this. Mm. And you'll remember the old me, you don't remember this. Yeah, right, right. Kind of a situation. Um, whether, you know, whether it fits in all situations, you know, you don't know. But yeah, I, I know that it is a shock to the system. You, have, you ask yourself, what could I have done? Why didn't they come to me? Why didn't they talk to me? Why didn't they say something? And all these questions run through <laughs> your head. Right, right. And the thing is, it's very dangerous to ask certain questions, uh, things that you can't do anything about anymore. Uh, Because the more you ask, sometimes there doesn't need to be a reason, because everyone pretty much knows why. So we'll go into the proactive approach, right? When I would explain to people about our brand, I tend to get these emails afterwards, where people would say, thank you so much, you've really changed my perspective mindset, all that stuff. But the best ones are the ones that say, I was actually suicidal when I met you. Thank you for saving my life. And I'm like, whoa, that's that's awesome. And it's really what I learned from that. It's the proactive approach that you need to prevent any kind of prevention, whether it's cancer, diabetes, anything, even obesity. It has to be proactive. You don't get in shape and wait until you're 500 pounds. You don't not eat sugar and and wait for diabetes and then go, oh, I better stop eating sugar. But that's what everyone does for mental health. Um, We actually are, uh, we didn't discuss it yet, but our nonprofit, our our theme color is actually teal. We've made an acronym for it to remind people what you give to prevent suicide or actually just make yourself, just to have a better mental health. So it stands for time, effort, attention, and love. These are your vegetables kind of to prevent diabetes. It's it's the vegetables for your mental health. When people, people are so reactive with suicide prevention. Oh, what could I have done? What do you mean? You give teal now, now. You don't wait. Oh, but I didn't see depression. What do you mean? Why are you waiting for depression? That's insanity. Why are you waiting for, it's like waiting for someone to be diabetic, waiting for someone to be 500 pounds and then go, hey, why don't we work out? Like, it doesn't make any sense. But that's how people treat it. That's amazing. I mean, that your creation, your thought patterns in your approach to this, I think, are um, an outstanding example for what needs to be done throughout all of society, not just with your clothing Definitely. apparel. I, I promote your clothing apparel. I think that it's very positive reinforcement for, yeah. for life, basically, yeah. um, and for moving forward. But I think that it needs to, that's something, that's a message that that really should resonate with people. Yeah. And, and one of the ways that I come up with this, so as an entrepreneur, <laughs> when you're trying to solve problems, what you want to do 
you always try to remedy the cause, not the result. As a society, what we're doing wrong is that everyone's trying to remedy the result. In fact, they've made it even worse. Doctors, organizations, and society have made the result the cause. This is what I mean. You mentioned before your friend died of PTSD. A cause is never a noun. You can't say it's my dad. Everyone has dads. What do you mean? What did he do? So what happened is this. What really happens is you have a bad perspective, which I mentioned before. Everything stems from that. Your decisions, your thought pattern, everything stems from that. If you think you're a loser, you're not going to amount to anything, and you know, you're not going to have a great life and all that stuff, your decisions will follow that because that's your perspective on life. So all your decisions go this way. Well, then become, you become depressed. And the thing is, because now you're depressed, you're in depression. This is what society is telling you, though. They reverse the whole thing. Oh, Michael, you have depression. Now you're going to think you're a loser and this and it's going to happen and you're not going to amount to anything. So I guess you're going to be depressed for like a couple months. So that's why people take pills. You're fighting an invisible enemy. You mentioned PTSD. What do you mean PTSD? It doesn't do anything. That's just the result. Let's talk about the cause. What was the cause? The cause was, well, he couldn't let go of seeing his friend pass away. I couldn't let go of my brother committing suicide. That's more specific because that is the cause. Whatever it is, it dif it's different for everyone. But when you don't discuss that and you just talk about the result, kind of like when people, today's situation, oh, it's racism. What do you mean? Like that, that doesn't cause anything. It's, it's just a noun. What was happening? What is happening? Because until you remedy the cause, you will always have a problem. Now, how do you, how do you feel that people should recognize if somebody is uh, in depression or somebody is suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder for whatever reason? So this is how I see them, right? Um, usually PTSD is a lot of people in military, things like that. I mean, obviously you could, you know, women getting raped, that all that you can get PTSD from that also, right? They just, I want to supply them the knowledge that they have to be accountable because this is what happens. I understand that pain is what they're trying to get rid of. Pain is a huge distraction, right? I kind of tell people, it's not that you didn't take life for granted. Let's say I have a toothache and my wife comes in like, it's over there. You know, like, because it's annoying. Like, I just don't even want to, you know, you just become kind of uh, agitated and whatever because of the pain. And that's what people go through, just a different type of pain, right? Here's my problem with that. The thing is that, let's say I have that toothache I'm talking about. I'm, I have a hammer going like this, slamming the hammer to my tooth and going, oh, it hurts. Oh, it hurts. I'm causing my own pain. PTSD is post Keyword is post. No one is doing that to you. Not a fucking person in the world. You're the only one doing it to yourself with a hammer right to your teeth. So you have to know you are accountable for your own happiness, but you're blaming PTSD. The problem is doctors are giving you this nocebo effect, like you're abnormal now. You can't do anything about it. You're not accountable. It's not you. The more you do that, the more you will forever stay in that uh, mindset. That's an interesting perspective, actually. Really, um, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. The so in in Fuket clothing, mm -hmm. when you market this, 
do, do you market with with this perspective in mind? I mean, overall, not just this in specific, but you know, you told me that it helps to save lives and that you receive some letters. Yeah. And so forth. Yeah, so, so yeah, so when we discuss the brand, they find out what it's about and they know that it becomes a reminder. The same way when you look at brands and re- it just you become brand loyal, right? Uh, whether it's Coca-Cola is what you drink or this is the beer you drink or whatever it is, some kind of attachment because of what they branded themselves as. By being a brand, especially an apparel, it's very empowering. And when you know what it's supposed to be for is to remind you to not take life for granted, to live life without regret and to accept those challenges that are worth the risk. And just by saying it alone, it reminds you like, oh, you've now committed to a decision. You're going to do it now. And they know that it's supposed to inspire you and motivate you. So it actually helps. So people will open their drawers. They're having a bad day. And all of a sudden they go, oh, yeah. And that's how we end up saving lives. People think when they buy the products, they go, Oh, cool. I'm supporting suicide prevention. Like, you're not understanding. I'm trying to save your life because no one is immune to it. What if you lost your wife? What if you lose this person? What if you lost your job? What if something is always because that is life? And so to think that you're immune to this and like, oh, I'm good. I'm never committed to. Do you really think everyone that committed suicide knew they were going to do that? Did you think it was part of their plan since they were a little kid? No one ever plans to be an alcoholic. No one ever plans to be, you know, have mental health issues ever, ever, ever. But their perspective brings them there. So it's a slow process. It's the same cause. All the things that happen, it evolves to becoming suicidal tendencies. Everything in between is depression, anxiety, alcoholism, drug abuse, all that stuff, even bullying, all stem from the same cause. It's not all different departments like, oh, you're drug abuse? Oh, that's that department. That's not me. But it's the same cause. And so that's what I mean. You're always trying to remedy the result. Alcoholism. Oh, that's this one. It's the same cause. So, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but you created this brand line <laughs> after your brother committed suicide. Yeah. It. What's funny is, it's an assumption that people think that I created it because of my brother. What's funny is it actually went in reverse. I created, I mean, my brother has had already passed away. Um, I had the brand. I was just an entrepreneur trying to create something for a college project and stuff like that. It just kind of evolved. And because I didn't know the technical know-how, I was actually trying to build like a book exchange platform and, and slash Facebook, social networks, things like that. This is before Facebook, MySpace, all that stuff. Um, it was geared towards the project. I mean, uh, uh, colleges. So it was more about accepting uh challenge is worth the risk. Because when you're young, it's not about regret. You don't really have a lot of regret when you're young, right? We have a lot of stupidity when we're Right. It's all about the (laughs) risk, right? So that's where I was at. As I grew older, I decided, I'm like, is this something I'm going to be proud of when I get older? And I knew back then that I I have to think about that. Because that's not me. It's not just about partying and all that stuff. No, that is so not me. It's just that but I, and I didn't want that brand to be that. So I, that's where I had to start thinking about what is this brand? What am I trying to do? What am I trying to accomplish? And the reason that the way I did it is I actually analyzed, oh, why do we say fuck it? It just happens. All my experiences kind of evolved with it because I had not analyzed it so much because I'm just an analytical person. I'm always curious, trying to answer you know, questions and stuff like that. 
in my experience with my brother, obviously he start kind of going, because that's one of your experiences that you can kind of use as a case study. Like, what did happen with that? You know, like, that's so weird. Oh, so that's what happens. You know, so that's what actually transpired, yeah. That's pretty cool, actually. Yeah. Respect. That's a lot of respect. Yeah. For you. I, I applaud you over yeah, and over. And actually, the reason we even started talking about suicide prevention, I never talked about it. I didn't want people buying my stuff because of my brother. Never did it. But when I talked about inspiration, motivation, people started going like, oh, wish my cousin would hear this. He's this now, mental health, anxiety, depression, da-da-da. Oh, I had my friend committed suicide, blah, blah, blah. I mean, we've heard some stories, 12-year-olds, you know, police officers, you know, um, EMTs, like committing suicide and all this. And so it always comes up. And so I tell about my experience. And then once I kept telling about my experience and my thought on it, never told anyone, they learned from it. And they go, oh, that's interesting. Oh, like basically I'm helping you now. Like, okay, that happened to your friend, your cousin, whatever. But I'm telling you right now, this is the thought pattern there. That is this how you stop it. So make sure you keep that. And that's where it kept going. Yeah. It's going to be self-satisfying, actually. Yeah, very fulfilling, yeah. I I know that you did it, you know, obviously as a business adventure in the first place, but, you know, it's got to be, it should make you feel good inside. I can see it in your face, actually. (laughs) My viewers can't until I, you know, we update to later. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Tune in to the live broadcast, live videos. (laughs) But you, um, you, uh, that probably, that's kind of what led you to the Start Day One Nonprofit Foundation. Yes. Yes. So the way that came about, as we had the experiences of talking to people and emailing us and all that stuff, we realized like, oh my God, it's it's the proactive approach that's actually real prevention. That's when I started learning more. Like any kind of prevention is, has to be proactive. And then I'm like, we need to duplicate our efforts. How do I scale? It's only me. One of the ways is what we do now, distributing content, because that can really scale. You can make videos and and really distribute it. Um, so we provide content like that, right? So either either way, we wanted to do something proactive. So we developed non uh, start day one with the mission to change people's perspectives from dreaming of one day to starting day one. Day one signifies that there's actually a day two, day three, day four, because people are very overwhelmed because they think they have so much to change. We've all been there, right? So much to do, and then you go nuts. Um, but really, it's just that you don't know where to start. Whether it's cleaning out your garage or working on your, you know, some homework or whatever it is, it's because you don't know where to start. And so emphasize, we emphasize that you just have to start day one. If you're an alcoholic, I'm not saying be sober by tomorrow and you're good. I'm saying, yo, one less beer, buddy. One step you know? at a time. Right. When we start talking about the mindset, because what are you doing about it? You keep complaining, and this is so funny. I've learned that most people are insane. They complain about things they do nothing about. I mean, this is most people. I've heard so many stories talking, and I'm just like, so what are you doing about it? Nothing. I hate my job. There's that. So I'm assuming resumes are out. Nope. Oh, okay. So you're going to complain again next week. You know that, right? And next year, and five years from now. And it's crazy. So start day one, what we do is we raise funds to produce content. Uh, we also get donations. Uh, we're hoping to increase the, the personal interaction. We're very social beings, so it's very effective when you're in a classroom and stuff like that. 
We want to pay other speakers to go to colleges, schools, military bases, rehab centers proactively. But the problem is all these schools and other venues are reactive. Guess when they call? Afterwards. Hey, someone committed suicide. Let's call Ricardo. Like, you should have called me last year, two months ago, six months ago, sometime before this event happened. So now if we raise funds for it, schools don't have to give me this excuse of, hey, I don't have any budget for that. It's free. It's free. I'm trying to tell you, please let this person speak so we can help prevent this. And so that's what we're doing with that. That's outstanding. That You and your wife started that, correct? Yes. And we can talk about later, you know, towards the end of the show, um, we'll get information on how to connect with, uh, with that and with your other um, businesses yeah. as well. Sure. I mean, I'm loving, I'm loving the conversation. It, awesome. It, um, you are very inspiring and, um, you know, you, you have created an environment around you that, uh, spreads that positivity. And I think that, uh, you know, you don't always see that, especially yeah. in today's society, you don't see people doing that, you know? Uh, thanks. I, I've, it, with COVID, has COVID changed anything in regard to how you're operating? Oh, definitely, because I have no zero personal interaction, and I relied so much on that uh, going to events that obviously has completely gone. So that's when we started, you know what? And I, I kind of do the clothing and start day one simultaneous, so we do a lot of different content and stuff like that. But it's drastically kind of gone down, which kind of I started working on my other um, – you know, my other startups basically is what's happening, taking advantage of the time to, to develop those and grow those. What drives you to continue to be an entrepreneur, to continue to create new things and to help others? Because I know that you, you're working on another um, project where yes. it helps other people get started. Is that correct? Yeah. <laughs> so to me, an entrepreneur is just someone that holds himself accountable for monetizing a solution to problems. So I'm always just kind of seeing these problems that I can fix. (laughs) So I end up doing it. But most of all, it's like, and this, actually, I was just talking to someone I'm going to be interviewing, and I love that he's focused on this. It all starts with a sense of purpose. To anyone that's out there, when you're going through issues and this, and this part has to be intentional. Purpose doesn't come automatic. All of a sudden, you wake up and go, oh, I know what my purpose is, because it's dependent on your experiences and all that stuff. You know, it's kind of like people go like, oh, passion, like passion comes afterwards. How do I know you're going to be passionate about surfing if you never surfed? How do I know I'm going to be, you're going to be passionate about playing guitar if you never tried to play the guitar? So you're never going to know your purpose, your passion, all that stuff. It's based on your experiences, but it has to be intentional. And you go, you know, people are always trying to ask like, oh, you know, it's, what's the meaning of life? No, man. And, and what's the purpose in life and all that stuff? It's not that. It's what in life makes it meaningful? What in life gives you purpose? That's the question. Not what's my purpose? Like that, what do you ask? That's an invisible question. You're never going to get one. Once you have that purpose, and so once you have that purpose, it's automatic. You just kind of keep going. Like that's why it's so important to have a mission based business. Our mission is to inspire, motivate. So that's an ongoing forever thing. And that you just, by living in, in that, with that mission, I automatically do things that do that. Like it follows, you know? Like how am I going to inspire you if I don't do anything? <laughs> and that's, that's called paid exposure, right? Paid exposure, yeah. So, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. So do you help people find 
that purpose? Do you help people to understand that purpose? Or, you know, tell me how you get them on that path. So that's kind of a difficult thing because everyone's individual. Uh, the most you can do is give a generalization and say that, but it, that's an individual talk that you'd have to have, right? It's very difficult to find, you know, purpose. It's really, it's like, you just have to put effort in. That's all it really is. You have to be intentional. One of the ways I I kind of explain to people, right? <clears throat> um, it's going to be an analogy. So this is how I started learning about perspective and stuff. And then I'll tell you how purpose comes into play. I snowboard. So I would snowboard in the glades, trees. These trees are about 10 feet apart. And I would go in there and I would go one, two, three tree and I'm like son of a you know now I gotta get up and pushing down the snow and I'm sweating and then I try it again one two three tree man son of a I keep going but my friends on the other hand are just cruising I mean cruising through not stopping and I'm going wow finally sprays me with snow and stops and goes you all right <laughs> way to find out if I'm all right right afterwards so anyway he said wake you up yeah, right. Just to make sure, you know. Um, so then he says, what, what's up? And I go, how do you do this? You guys are just like cruising through and I keep like having to stop. This is what he says. Stop looking at the trees. Look at the path between the trees. And he just leaves. And it's like, what? No. Uh, to me, I'm going like, it's not 15 years of experience in Oregon fucking trails or anything right so that's what i figured but what have i got to lose you know so i get up i look at the damn i'm looking and i'm going don't look at the trees look at the path between the trees okay and i go one two three four five six seven eight nine stop and i'm like i purposely stopped what the hell happened what is that I didn't get any better. Weather didn't change. Trees sure as hell didn't move. What happened? The only thing I changed was my perspective. That was it. And that is the power of perspective. The thing is, when that's how I tell people to kind of live their life. Stop avoiding obstacles and just focus on your path to get where you're at. But to figure that out, you need your sense of purpose. Purpose is why you're even going that way. This is just the perspective is what helps you get there. Because if you have the wrong perspective, boom, boom, tree, boom, boom, tree, you never, you never get there because your perspective sucks. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. So you need to be up talking in front of people, but you inspire. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And that, that's how I, you know, I started doing that. People have told me that. I'm just like, oh, I'm just kind of telling you what I learned. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and it's funny because. In reality, the guy gave you the simple answer. Mm -hmm. It wasn't complicated. It wasn't just like that. It was a simple answer. Yeah. And I talk to people about this, for example, relationships, you know, with girls. I can't find a nice guy. I don't want this, this, or this. Well, then you're going to get the this, tree. This. You're going to hit <laughs> because all you're doing is trying to avoid this, this, and this, and you get this. What you need to do is just figure out, well, what do you want? First of all, what do you think you deserve? And then when you get there, do they deserve you? That's what happens. So, but it's always all about the staying on a path, you know? Yeah, and that's, I'm, well, yeah, that's, a, that's amazing, actually. So on the unpaid exposure, yeah. you, um, you help other entrepreneurs 
create an environment that they can grow with or do you help them build their businesses? How does yeah, that Yes. So let me tell you about that. So paid exposure empowers anyone to become entrepreneurs by monetizing valuable exposure uh, with a platform that allows them to actually um, connect with different advertising sponsors and manage their own business. I've learned from my experience that all the problems in basically it's the influencer industry, right? That's where it's, that's one of the channels, at least. Let's talk about influencer marketing. In the influencer industry, all of the problems stem from the influencers, not the sponsors. You never blame the buyers. It's just not their fault. All they're doing is giving you money. The only thing influencers can complain about is if and when they get paid at the agreed amount. Once you get that, what have you got to complain about? You got paid at the right amount on time. What? Nothing. Sponsors, on the other hand, have to figure out, well, what is that going to be? What's the service in this? So they're not doing the right thing. It's just that not, they're not being given the tools to allow them to become entrepreneurs. I challenge people all the time. I'm like, let me see you rent your home without using Airbnb. Good luck. There's no way. You know, it's impossible without the internet and all that. But when you don't have anything that exists. But the problem also is, since all the problems stem from the influencers, my focus is on them. How do we fix that? Again, remedy the cause, not the result. What is the cause of the problems? The influencers are not being entrepreneurs. As soon as you try to monetize, that means you have to have an entrepreneurial mindset because the sponsors are your clients, not your followers. So you have to remember that. How do you cater to them? How do you provide customer service? How do you become a real business? Because they're not treating it that way. For example, you have tattoo artists, hairstylists, interior designers. Those are all service providers. That's all influencers are. I do not go to get a tattoo and tell them exactly how to tattoo me. I just buy and I'm hoping you mastered your craft and that you, I just guide you. In the influencer industry, they don't know how to price themselves. They don't have any pricing. Oh, that depends. What are you looking for? And so it's like, it doesn't make sense. Imagine going up to a restaurant or a tattoo artist, like, well, I don't know. I, I don't know what you're, it, it, that's weird. Well, don't depend on the buyer to, to do your craft. It's insane. It's like telling an interior designer what palette to use. It's like, they should be telling you, not the other way around. So we really just enhance how they can become more entrepreneurial with a platform with all the tools. Can anybody be an influencer or do you have to be somebody like Kim Kardashian or a famous face or a famous name? Anyone can be an influencer. Basically, on my platform, I just call it straight up just exposure, as long as it's valuable. It's not the number of followers. It's is it worth it? If you had, let's say, for this platform, or you know, let's say you do a live broadcast video and you have it's going out to so many followers. Let's say you have 5,000 followers watching your videos every time. As a sponsor, if you told me, hey, it's five bucks, I have huge engagement with my show, would love to promote your brand, I'm in. When you start talking 100, 500 bucks, I'm not in. It just has to be worth it. You price yourself according to your value. It's like saying like, wait, so do I need to have like a cuisine and this so I can open a restaurant? No, you can just have a hot dog stand, two bucks a hot dog. But that's what people think. It's like, well, you can't have serve food now because you have to have a restaurant. You have to have the tables and this. It's like, no, 
Like, not at all. It just has to be worth it. A $2 hot dog with a little ass stand? Yep. Thank you. And I'm in. And so anyone can provide valuable exposure. Yeah, it's interesting. We mentioned the hot dog stand. Um, there used to be a guy that I knew that ran a hot dog stand outside of the courthouse. And I knew him there. He'd been there for something like 12 years. Wow. Right. Wow. And, and I used to have conversations with him because I'd go out for lunch break or whatever when we yeah. were down there in court for a professional reason, not for any other reason. Yeah, yeah. Just for the record. <laughs> <laughs> go down and talk, have a hot dog, whatever. And I'd say, why? You've been here for a long time. Why are you still here? Yeah. He said, because I make a very good living. That's awesome. He said, I'm yeah. in the right place. I'm at the yeah. right time. And yeah. I have what people want. Yeah. But why should I go? And this is way before Facebook, way before yeah. Instagram, yeah. way before Twitter or anything else. Yeah. He said, I have what people want. I make a very good living. I have it for a good price. And I enjoy my job. I love it. And that's people. So perspective. His perspective is I'm, I'm good. There was this thing, just an example, since you said that. I read this thing that, um, I don't know, a huge percentage, I don't know what it was, 40, 60%, whatever it was, that there's no more American dream. No, 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 I have to correct that. That's under the assumption American dream means Lamborghini, yachts, mansion. The American dream that I know, now coming from the freaking Philippines, is white picket fence, family, dog, done. That was the American dream, that you can actually keep the fruits of your labor and you are open to do whatever the hell you want to to enhance your life. That's why they say pursuit of happiness, because it's not guaranteed and it's an ongoing thing. You're not happy and then forever happy. It's impossible. It's always a constant pursuit of happiness. And that's where that guy's at. Like, I'm good. But people go downhill because of expectations expectations bring frustration i'm not making enough money i'm not there that's because you bought a freaking mansion now you need five hot dog stands all you needed was one house and one hot dog stand what are you doing you know so greed is the downfall of <laughs> greed insecurity you know that's really fear all it is and fear know? And fear, yeah. Fear, all all the negative ones. All exactly. the negative emotions. I think people, if they would surround themselves with more positivity and be grateful for what they have and in their present, it will allow them to, this is only my own philosophy, it will allow them to open the door and see what still exists. Right. And here's the, and here's the irony with that. Everyone is always being taught, stay away from negative people, do this, do that. And then people are concerned. Yeah, but we have to prevent suicide. What, do you, what did you just do again? Anyone that's negative, you left them alone. Who do you think has the mental issues? All the negative people. No one thinks that way unless they're going through mental health issues. But we're being trained. No, can't talk to you. Not right now. You're annoying. Always. And so it's kind of ironic. The way to make it is by leaving those, but then they get left behind. I agree with that. It's like, um, what is it, the three monkeys? see no evil, hear no evil, you know, speak yeah. no evil. Yeah. If you close your eyes and you close your ears and you That's stop talking, yeah, you shut yourself off to everything, right. and which isn't right because, right. you know, you need to keep aware of yeah. uh, what, what's going on around you and your people and your family and your friends and kind right. of take notice. 
Right. And that's the problem too, right? That's why it kind of keeps persisting because what are people's perspective on mental health period? They assume people that are like, for example, kids that are bullies are like, ah, something's wrong with that kid or people that have, you know, alcoholics, drug abusers. Oh my God, they're so bad. They're so gross. I see them differently. Like, oh man, you need a hug. Damn. What did your dad do to you? That's what I see. What happened? Because what happened? What did they do? What was like you're growing up? The problem is a lot of times because it's already in the past. What is your perspective that makes you do this? What is it? You know, and that's an admirable approach to take, and I appreciate that from my perspective. I, I grew up with uh, alcoholic parents. My father died uh, when he I was seventeen years old. He's only thirty nine. Yeah, years old. So I, it was taken away from me at a very early age. So I grew up yeah. in a very negative environment. My whole childhood yeah. was a kind of a negative environment. Right. In regard to that, and I. I agree with you. I took a very proactive approach when I had the opportunity because I was still a kid. When I got adult enough to be able to take a proactive opportunity, that's the reason I dedicated my life to law enforcement, for example. And, you know, I got really heavily involved in um, domestic violence and part of a domestic violence task force. And for a reason, uh, you know, it it was a choice. It wasn't an assignment. It was who wants to volunteer for this uh, particular assignment, this task force. And I took it. Because I felt that I can make a change and make a positive impact on people because it it isn't always what you see from the outside. Yeah, you yeah. Know, there's always something underneath. Yeah, and one of the ways I help people understand that, again, it's, it analogies are one of the best ways to change perspective or to figure out the perspective. I tell people we're all just puppies. And what I mean by that is it's kind of like, you know when people say that, um, oh, what's the, the pit bulls? are bad dogs. Now, as an animal lover and all that stuff, I know it's not because of that. It's because whoever the owners are, are doing something really bad to them or training them in that way. And one of these times, the reason this came about, I'm talking to my <laughs> wife, I was talking, about, uh, talking to my wife about um, our husky. So they're very just wild, right? They're, they want to run. Basically, it's a dog with ADD right? (laughs) And then we were having this conversation. He's like, yeah, imagine giving her drugs because she's hyper. Guess what we do to our kids? Oh, absolutely. Exactly. So, and what I learned was that it's not about nature versus nurture. It's how do you nurture nature? That's how you do it. A husky, what you do is you walk it. What you do is you make it play and this and that. And get rid of that energy so that they aren't crazy. They don't tear up your couch. Guess what we do to our kids? We drug them up and we say, play video games. What they should be doing is playing a lot of soccer, some football, getting them really tired, kind of like how we grew up. I want you outside the house and I don't want to see you till dinner. Like, I don't want to see you. You outside. Go. Do your thing. We didn't even care where we were. Like, all right, damn, I can't go home. You know, I'm not allowed. You know, It's cleaning day or whatever it is. But that's what you have to do. So we're all really just puppies and we're brought up a certain way. But what people don't realize is your parents were puppies too. I don't know what happened to your dad. I don't know what happened to my dad. No one goes, I can't wait to be a dick to my son. 
No exactly. one in the world has ever said that. And for the first time looking at the baby and going, I can't wait to be a real prick to you ever. It's just the way they were brought up. They didn't know how to love. They didn't know how to do this. They just didn't know. So they were handling because their perspective is stuck on something. I don't know what it is. It's usually something from the past. Your dad was going through something. My brother was going through something. My dad. But when you can have that better understanding like that, that it's they, they're not doing it on purpose to you. It's just the way they were brought up. And so that gives them a better idea of like, oh, all this time I'm thinking... I had the worst life and this and that. it's like, yeah, if you have that perspective, that sucks, you know? Yeah. You know, it's that that's an extremely important aspect of what you just said. The communication is key mm-hmm. to understanding. Yeah. It took me, let me see, I'm going to give away part of my age here. <laughs> it took me 40 five years to really understand, deeply understand the reason yeah. that my father was an alcoholic and what happened to him. Yeah, It took me a really long time to get those answers. And I happened to just stumble upon part of those answers. Yeah. Some things yeah. I didn't know, but if I'd have been told as I grew up and if I'd have understood as mm-hmm. I grew up, I could have helped in a very positive way in right. understanding why they were doing what right. being, you know, the alcoholism and, and the way the family environment interacted. It could have helped all of us. I have a, 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 an older sister and a younger brother. Yeah. Um, but I, I could have understood, we could have understood as a family unit. So yeah, perspective, you know, yeah. I, I grew up looking from the, from the inside mm-hmm. out, but once I got out of that environment, I tried to look outside in yeah. But I didn't quite understand it until way later. Yeah. Well, it's called wisdom. You know, that's how you gain that wisdom. Every generation will text the, t- tell the next generation to live life to the fullest. Every single time. No one has ever just, oh, well, my dad said live life to the fullest. I'm good forever. No, it's always a constant thing. And this is why. So when I tell people it's actually impossible to live life to the fullest, it's actually necessary to go through the bad things to have a fulfilling life let me explain so when i talk to different kids you know so i can relate with them because as a kid right it's tough to understand all this i tell them like do you play video games sports anything like that like yeah so when you play this video game or sport does the level of difficulty increase as you go or does it decrease Uh, it's harder right? Football, Super Bowl is the hardest, right? So I don't know what it is, but when it comes to life, every time you have some kind of obstacles, we see it as like a bad thing. The thing is, it has to be a challenge. You've never seen a movie that you like ever where there was zero conflict. It's not a movie. Something has to happen. You can't even have Superman. We had to give him a kryptonite. We had because you're not gonna watch it. Let me guess. He just wins. He just he just wins, right? Nope. On this episode, there was a kryptonite, right? And it was under a rock, and then and then he couldn't do it. And like, oh my god, he did it. Always. And that's the same thing with our life. We don't see it that way, but it's actually a requirement. Like you're never gonna have a meaningful life unless things like that happen. And so that's how you kind of have to see what's happening to you. Like the reason people watch the Super Bowl is because they have no clue who's going to win is the hardest one ever. And so people have to know that. For example, like even like 
you know, when we talk about depression and stuff, you know, you, you have to remember this, this is a natural response. It's just a result. What's causing you to be that? When people come to me and say they're depressed, I say, good, you're almost there. That's what I say. Because it's the five stages of grief. You go through denial, anger, bargaining, depression, acceptance. That's the only positive word. Remember we were talking before, all the negatives? Yep, you have to go through. Sometimes you go jump back and forth. Depression is the hardest thing until you get to acceptance. It's always hardest at the end. It's kind of like the marathon. The finish line is not the easiest. Final exams at the school or your police academy, that wasn't the easiest. And so that's kind of what I tell people. I've heard that you and your wife have been given a challenge. To be, <laughs> to be on a program about social movement. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, I told you about that. Okay. Yeah, so it's actually been postponed, um, the show, because of COVID and all that stuff. But interestingly, we have been picked to be part of this new show that's going to air on Amazon Prime and um, Apple TV um, called The Social Movement. And basically, uh, what their intention is, is they're looking for people that solve worldwide problems. And they chose us, um, assuming that it's something related to mental health, uh, to solve prevention or something related to mental health. You know, they have to keep it, you know, kind of keep the suspense so we don't really know. So, yeah, that was really interesting. I, was, I thought it was a fake email. And I'm like, what is this? No way, you know. And I asked, how did, why us? You know, why did you fake us, you know? And the girl that was actually screening everyone said, you're, LinkedIn profile just kind of showed up and I read your profile, love what you were doing and just reached out to you. And then we had different conversations. We had interviews with her about twice and then talked to the executive producer. Actually, then she started talking about my wife and stuff. And she's like, is this like a one, you know, two for one package, you know? And I'm like, well, it doesn't work without her. So yeah. And then, so they decided like, why don't we get two of you? involved and so that's when we got in there that's outstanding hopefully yeah. we can look forward to that soon when covid starts covid has changed life as we see it in life yeah. i think in the near future is going to continue to be changed but hopefully i'm looking forward to something like that yeah. um, how can people find more about your uh, apparel phuket yeah yeah so you can go to fukitt.com um and, you know, all our links to our social media is on that website. So that's good. And then our nonprofit foundation is startday1.org. Um, you know, please, if you're, you can donate, that would be really awesome. And our, you know, if you're trying to be an influencer or something, it's uh, paidexposure.com. And uh, pretty much all of our social media is on there. So. I'll put links to all of those things in the show notes for everybody and on my, my awesome. website before we yeah. go podcast.com. Okay, great. Um, any words of wisdom? Ooh, well, the one thing that I've come up with, it's like kind of not my own formula. This is what I've learned after speaking to thousands of people, reading the books that I read, entrepreneurship. The way you pursue happiness, this is the timeline or the process. First, you need to find your sense of purpose. 
once you find your purpose, because this is your why, why you're even doing it, why you're doing this, right? So you could say, you know, I just want to be able to help people uh, through their issues by sharing people's stories. So you come, you thought this podcast, right? So that's your purpose now. But now comes your perspective. What is your perspective that is in line with that purpose? You could say, I want to do this podcast, but your perspective is, I don't really have time. I mean, I have kids I got to worry about. And this, well, yeah, that's not going to work then. Your purpose will never be, you're never going to follow that why, the purpose. So you become unhappy because you're not doing anything about it at all. So perspective, one of the things that helps your perspective is inspiration. So inspiration is meant to change your perspective. That's the only reason it's there, so that you can finally make a decision. You will never make a decision unless your perspective is in line. So now the decision comes into play. Once you make the decision, that is when you have motivation. Motivation doesn't come before. Inspiration is first to change your perspective, then you make a decision, and then all of a sudden you can make goals. I can't tell you to make goals and all of the above until you do that. Your passion, all that stuff comes after. And so now once you make the decision, all that comes afterwards, and the pursuit of happiness is an ongoing forever thing. Just like obesity, just because you're in shape now doesn't mean you can eat like crap and not exercise. It's an ongoing process and it just keeps on going. What's your purpose? What's your perspective? Decision and then happiness and then back and over. Yeah. So that's it. Those are excellent words of wisdom. I believe that uh, you were wise beyond your years. (laughs) You have inspired me. I've had a wonderful conversation. I really appreciate you sharing your story with us. And um, I wish you deep more success as, as you continue to grow within yourself. So thank you very much. Yeah, thank you so much for the opportunity of sharing our stories and stuff. It was such a pleasure. Thanks for listening to this episode. And I would like to point out that we can all help prevent suicide. Every year, every day, every week, the Lifeline and other mental health organizations and individuals across the U.S. and around the world raise awareness of suicide prevention. If you or someone you know needs help or would like to talk to someone that understands and can help you, please reach out to 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-8255. It's the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline You can call anonymously and confidentially. I will have a link to that in the show notes. Thanks for listening to this episode of One More Thing Before You Go, a unique conversation about life. If you like our show and want to know more, check out our website at beforeyougopodcast.com. That's beforeyougopodcast.com. Tell your story, share your expertise, contribute to the blog, and subscribe to the newsletter. You can find us as well as subscribe to the program and rate us on your favorite podcast listening platform. And one more thing before you go, have a nice day, have a nice week, and thanks for listening. One More Thing Before You Go, a unique conversation about life podcast, is a creation of One More Thing Productions, established 2010, all rights reserved.